Yosef. Absolute Bedlam podcast. I have with one of my long-term friends, musician, uh, dog lover, guitarist, singer, and potential Halloween advocate. We'll get through to that. Uh, Nikki Smash. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? Um, How the devil are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. We've been chatting a bit, haven't we, off and on? Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah, we've been, um, you know, getting it, get, getting it on, getting it on. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, everything's good here. Um, I'm a bit sick of uh, my house. Yes, mate. Want to go out and explore a bit, but you know, you got to do what you got to do at the moment. Yeah, mate. Well, I think exploring is for the for the uh, for the wicked. <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, you just can't get out and do stuff, man. That's it. We're we're stuck inside, you know. You know. I went out a bit earlier with my girlfriend and uh, my son, um, and that was cool. But um, oh, you left yeah. the house, did you? But, yeah, we left the house, but you know, was it it's Tesco's? No, it wasn't to Tesco's. It was to Portland. Oh, um, sick! It's quite a lot of uh, like there was a pirates graveyard that we went to. I didn't realize I'd not taken Hannah there before. Oh, sick! Because I've been Weymouth born and bred my whole life, whereas. Hannah's been all over the place. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Hey, yeah. So, <laughs> a little bit of a sheltered life, and I think that anything uh, past Yeovil is up north. So, um, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I, moved, well, I moved to London now, dude. Oh, are you in London now? Yeah. Oh, we obviously don't talk that much then. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not something you just kind of announce, is it? You don't go, no. everyone, I'm now, li- I'm now living in London. Yeah. You know, although I have just done it on a podcast. But, yeah, um, yeah. That's yeah. different. What's um London like? Is it alright? Um it's, it's very London. <laughs> Has it got its ups and downs or is it better than Brighton or I just needed a change and you know, um my girlfriend lives up here yeah. and you know, we've moved in together, you know, and what have you, and it's it's going really well. It's you know, Good. the happiest I've ever been in my life actually, you know. It's That's- coming together very well for me so it's nice you know and yeah i like i like the lifestyle up here and i think i'm not outgrown brighton but i lived there 15 years yeah. you know so so i think it was time to kind of yeah. change and move on yeah change is good sometimes yeah if absolutely. good as well then yeah that's cool it's only about an hour away isn't it brighton to london really Oh yeah, man. Yeah, we 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 went there, you know, for my birthday and stayed the night in a hotel and just did some, you know, we got tattooed and did some bits and pieces and stuff. It was a really cool, yeah. cool time, and you know, cool it was talk. just like it was a fifty-five minute car journey. You know, it was yeah, it's fine. Nice. Um, so just quickly, obviously, it's Halloween soon. Um, I'm not really sure what people are doing for Halloween. Yeah. Um, I kind of need to keep the podcast a bit topical, I suppose, because it's the only chance that we get to talk about Halloween. Um, I'm a bit gutted that I can't take my son out. Um, I don't think trick-or-treating's really... I think it's going to be a bit frowned upon this year. Um, I think it is, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, I just it's just not worth the hassle, man. You no. know what I mean? Uh, you know, it's, you know, whatever people's opinions are on anything, yeah. I think it's just best to just, like, chill mm-hmm. the fuck out you know yeah. and, you know not do <laughs> that you know just put like you know nightmare yeah. before christmas on or something and you yeah. know and, um which i'd say is a christmas slash halloween film right true true, true. so 
Yeah, you can get away with that. Or like Frank and Weenie or Hocus Pocus. I'm just naming Disney films now. Coraline. Yes. That's actually a really scary film. That's, that's, yeah, it's a terrifying yeah, film, dude. Yeah, it's got the buttons for eyes or whatever. Yeah, that's scary um, shit, dude. Are you, um, are you into <clears throat> Halloween? I am, mate. Do you know what? Um, I'm gutted that we can't do the Rocket Dolls Halloween Riff Spooktacular this year. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Totally gutted about that. Um, mm. But obviously, I want people's, you know, health first and what have you. And yeah, um, it's a shame because we've sold out every year that we've done it, you know. Oh, OK. Nice. Which, is, which has been great. And every act that we've had on there has been sick, you know, and we even had yeah. PK Malley, comedian, compare radio DJ last year. And it was just really building some good hype, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just a shame we can't mm. continue that this year. Um, yeah. But, you know, that, it is what Maybe it is. Yeah. Could you do a live stream or something or some sort of a virtual gig? Uh, or... I'm not about not right that now. shit, man. I mean, it's a bit 11th hour now, isn't it? But... Well, yeah, it is. And also, I think if it's not going to be done at like pro level quality, you yeah. know, it's just shit, in my opinion. <laughs> it's yeah. great that, you know, Billy McBilly can do yeah. a gig on his shit acoustic, you know, with a yeah. shit interface, you know, yeah. into Facebook Live, and that's rad. If that's your yeah. vibe, then sick. But yeah. you know, I'm just not about that bollocks, man. I, just, you know, no, you know, wait until it's the real thing. Yeah, it's like do it or don't do it, man. Or if you're gonna do a yeah. live stream, like you've got to put like the production in. It's got to be well. It's got yeah. You know, you've got to have a good guy that's gonna record it first. You know, yeah. it's got to be well mixed. You know, then you've got to like sync it to the video, and the video's got to be yeah. cut nice and. You know, yeah, you got to plan it properly rather than just winging it because it's just going to hurt you, really, if you release it. I think so, dude. Yeah. Unedited, everything, yeah. Mm, yeah definitely. That's fair enough. That's cool. So how is um how is Rocket Dolls? You're yeah. keeping sane? Say that again, dude. We're all keeping you well. Keeping sane? Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we've all totally lost the plot now. And, you know, um, yeah. life, life is very different in the Rocket Dolls now, I think. Um, during COVID and stuff, there was so much banking on this um, um, record and this tour. You know, we were on a world tour. We we're playing, you know, like some southern states of the USA. We we're playing France, Germany, Spain, um, obviously yeah. full UK, and we were going to play um, Australia and Japan. And it's all gone, you know, and <clears throat> yeah, stuff like that hurts a band. So. Um, if I'm honest, I'm not quite sure what the, the plan is from here on with the dolls, you know, because it's, you know, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's been around for 12 years. It's kind of done what it's done, I think, you know, not that I'm saying yeah. that it's it's over, but I think mm. we're probably just going to hit a hiatus and probably go off and do different things for, for a while, I think, probably. I'm not saying that that's an exclusive, dude. I'm just saying I think it's probably, yeah, probably just the realistic avenue for it, you know. Yeah. I know, obviously, um, knowing you for the length of time that the rocket dolls are about that you've always had like an opportunity to do like a solo thing um i think your dad's a bassist is that right yeah live in the white or something like that in jersey man jersey yeah so that's a, i think um covid sort of stepping back a bit is an opportunity for people to sort of have a bit of a chill out and a reflect really i've um, done that i've done a lot of is actually priority really yeah man totally i've i've made some massive life changes this year um yeah. you know and they've all been for the better in my opinion you know kind of 
cut Deadwood out of my life and, you know, really concentrated on trying to, you know, because I've just turned 34, you know, so I'm old as fuck. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I don't feel it, yeah. but apparently I am, you know, in the worlds of yeah. whatever people think that's old. Well, I suppose that if you look at it on a sports thing, you know, you'd be coming to the end of your career. And if you were a footballer, you'd be fucking long gone, you know, so it's a funny odd thing. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, made some good life changes. You know, I met my girlfriend, Becca, and she's absolutely amazing. You know, she's just so supportive and so lucky to have someone like that back in me you know and yeah and you know move like leaving brighton moving to like london and you know and i've also like just change like changing up the career you know and like doing more session work um more co-writing and collaboration stuff with people and i was working with the band the dark you know go and check them out um the dark official across social media brandon is just an absolute genius dude like oh my god that guy's just you know, when you see people and you're like, God damn it, this guy's just so talented, yeah. you know, and it's just like, it's effortless for him to just do everything great, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I take a lot of influence from him just about how he does things. So um, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be doing a solo record with him, you know, so yeah, so I can't wait for that, you know, and it's quite different to the doll stuff. I mean, in the essence, yeah. it's me. I write everything in the dolls and, you know, um, so I'll be obviously course writing everything again, you know, but um, yeah. so obviously it will have some similarities, but like the sonic side of it and kind of like, you know, it's nice to kind of play with some different players and all that type yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean, dude? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Pushing people to the limit, I suppose. Um, if someone's got like a different style or a different sort of drum rhythm to them or, you know, they play in a different way or something like that, then sometimes that can give you a bit of a challenge can't it yeah definitely and i've got a really good set of musicians for the record you know i've got um lizzie hayes from um uh, new device she's playing the bass um and she's oh, yeah. an incredible talent um and just a great chick um and i've got my good friend paul white who was in the defiled and the cult classics and bootyard bandits you know so um it's cool oh, okay. cool to have him on the kit you know and He's a beast, yeah. man, you know, so I toured with him a fair bit last year and became good friends. And yes, and now he's like yeah. hitting the tubs for my solo stuff. So it should be should be sick. <laughs> That's cool. I've can't. I've got to admit, I can't until you mentioned the Defiled then. I completely forgot that they existed. <laughs> they were um, they were around for quite a while, weren't they? Yeah, that was, you know, mm. uh stitch d obviously his name is lee down now it. you know and he's got a new band called low lives they're sick by the way okay um, you should go and check them out and obviously paul white's got bootyard bandits and cult classics and you know so um i'm not quite sure what so the others got... are doing but um yeah again so we've got low lives low lives and the dark we need to check out yeah low lives the dark um aaron oh, buchanan yeah. and the cult classics Bootyard Bandits. Um, mm. uh, who else? Um, me. Come check me out. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, nice. Yeah, and there's some great bands on my PR roster as well, man. You know, you know, yeah. I've got like Grace's Collide, um, Creature yeah. Creature. Um, I work with Pitch Shifter, which is an unbelievable experience. Um, mm. And yeah, there's like Midnight Drive, Meta Summer, PK Malley, the comedian, he's on there as well. So yeah, I mean, 
Okay. Lots to check out, peeps. Lots to check out. Yeah. I think um, people need new bands at the moment, to be honest, because um, I don't know about anyone else, but I tend to listen to the same sort of five artists over and over. Um, since I've been doing podcasts, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts whilst I've been driving to and from work. Excellent. But um, a lot of bands, I think this is really like tested, like you say, their um, commitment to actually doing this full time. And it's created a bit of a sort of coal that might have needed to happen in the first place, really. Yeah, I, I, um, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff that I, I've been surprised at. And people yeah. have just gone, you know what, I'm done. You know, that was it, yeah. you know, which I get it, man, because, you know, things like this, yeah. it does make you just go, you know, what is happening? You know, and yeah. do I need change? Am I just putting up with stuff to carry on doing yeah. it? You know, and I think like this, you know, for me as well, like it's, you know, I've, I'm writing a country record as well. You know, I've got like some pop stuff, you know, which I'll do under my own name and as well as it's like electronic rock type of thing, you know, you, but, you know, just kind of, you know, I'm really enjoying kind of just having no kind of uh, tethers or chains to my knee, to my legs and stuff. Do you know what I mean? So it's all like, yeah, I do. you know, I'm not restricted by anything. I just kind of like, I just want to write good songs and, you know. You're a bit of a free agent. Yeah, I feel that way, and it's not. It's a nice feeling, actually. You know, it's yeah. Um, it's just nice to kind of, you know, well, mm. you know, we we parted ways with our management at the beginning of 2020, which was, um, you know, our decision. You know, it's not a yeah. thing on our manage on our management at all. It's just like, um, I don't think we were right for them, and don't think they were right for us. But you know, we're still friends with them. You know. They're, they're yeah, really good people good. and they're really good at what they do, you know. But, um, yeah, so, you know, just big changes with the dolls and stuff. And I think, yeah, you know, that record that we put out, it's called The Art of Disconnect. If anyone hasn't heard it, you know, please go and hear it. You know, it's we put everything into yeah. that. And I think sometimes it's either like, you know, you either win or lose with it. And I think we're in the middle somewhere. Yeah. You know, so we're not winning, but we're not losing, type of thing. But I think that's why, like, maybe a break from it would probably be a good thing. Yeah, a bit of fresh air. Just for the record, I think that album's absolutely awesome. Oh, thanks, um, dude. That's all right. I've listened to all your stuff. Like, I I remember at one point, like, this is going to sound a bit fanboy, but <laughs> whatever. Um, I've got like eight of your set lists somewhere in my house. <laughs> yes, I remember, man. I remember. Remember, um, Matt, you showed me to you at Finn's, uh, I knew that obviously in Weymouth you'd made a bit of a scene and you've made a bit of a sort of fisher. Um, you've been playing Queens for a while. No idea um, why I didn't go to those gigs. I just didn't. Um, but I saw you in Finn's and I was like, Jesus Christ, these are heavy for free people. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, and you just kept coming back and I kept making the effort to come and see you and that sort of thing. And there were times where I was coming to Portsmouth. There was a venue called Drift in the City. Right. And all of you looked at me because I just bought my mate up who just passed the driving test because I be basically just begged him to come uh, if I could like go to the gig. Fuck, and I remember you that show. You were literally all like, what the fuck is he doing there? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you were supporting Bloodshot Dawn. Dude, you've got a hell of a memory there, dude. Yeah, yeah. I tried to remember the good things, you know. I've got a, quite a good long-term memory. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was like, well, you know, you're, you're one of my um, favourite sort of up and coming bands, so I'm going to make the effort to come and see Thanks, you. Thanks, man. I think um, we've been up and coming for like 12 years. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk about the fact that I filled my mate's car up to come and see you. 
because that sounds a bit desperate, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it doesn't, man. Uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Not, you know, it's we're friends, fun. dude. You know, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's what we do. You know, you just do what you can yeah. to go and see it, and it doesn't help that we live like fucking two hundred miles yeah. away from each other. You know, so yeah, yeah. I'd be up for doing like a half and half trip at some point or something because unfortunately we're in a bit of a situation where um. You know, we've both obviously been in bands and the only time we could really spend sort of, I suppose, quality time together was when we were both playing the same. Yeah, game. when we share green room. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a few decent venues in Brighton that I would quite like to check out. I'm not in a band at the moment, obviously. Why not? Um, but yeah, I just um, I want everything. I don't know. Just I think life would just be a bit too hectic for me. Mm. I've got a seven year old. I've got a girlfriend. Um, I've got a job that I work nine to five. Monday to Friday. Um, I can drive now, which is quite ironic. I've mentioned in the last podcast that I did that the second I came out of music, I learned to drive. <laughs> it was completely backwards because now I've got all the freedom in the world. But um, I just, you know, drive to and from work, basically. But um, I, I still play bass now and then. I, I do miss, like, doing it properly, but I just found it to be such a slog. Dude, I think you bought, like, my dad's rig. I did. I bought your dad's... Um, Fender Squire five string that solid black fingerprint magnet bass. Dude, dude that was a meaty bass. Yeah, yeah it was nice. Yeah. It had like an ebony fretboard. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was serious. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Very dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was really chunky, that thing. Yeah, five string, so huge neck profile. Yeah, right? dude. It's cool. Um, I think at one point I bought um what's his name? Oh my god, what's his name? Your first bassist? Uh, Steve. Steve Golder, was yeah. that it? I basically bought his uh, bass rig off him at one point. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I didn't buy a Stingray. But, um, yeah, you've um, yeah, you've had quite a few bassists, haven't you? I think that's been like the, the one sort of rotating thing that's been a uh, part of Rocket Dolls. If you want to talk about that, it's fair enough if you don't. Yeah, totally, man. It's, you know, you know... I mean, no disrespect to the people before Joe, but they just couldn't play, yeah. you know, and they just yeah. weren't nice people, you know. Um, yeah. You know, just mm. always at locker heads and they just did stupid shit, you know. And um, yeah. when Joe joined, it was like, ah, this is what we've been missing. And um, yeah, we've needed this the whole time, sort of. Thing, yeah, right? yeah, you know, and he, he is just. Well, as you hear an art disconnect, man, he's just an unbelievable musician. You know, he's um, quite the talent, you know. And when you find someone like that who can also, you know, sing and like they have like a killer stage presence and they have like good tone and stuff like that, you know, it's it's a rarity to yeah. find that, you know. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, like we're not like the most, I don't know, we're a peculiar band, you know like yeah. musicians like us but i'm not sure the public do <laughs> and um yeah. you know um you know we're really mm. geeky you know we love like our gear and sorting all the tones out and stuff so you know finding someone yeah. like joe who's like well into all that stuff i think helps you know because we really care about how we sound live and on the record and stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. finding someone like that is like it's life-changing because mm. you know it's always a, been a fight you know, it was always such yeah. a fight. But then when you get someone like him and you're like, fuck, 
you know, imagine if we found him five years yeah. prior, you know. I'm sure I'm sure yeah, things I, I would be totally different, you know. Yeah, I remember um first time I saw you at Finns, I thought that your other guitarist was somewhere because you had two cabs and two headset up, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's that's a pretty uh, substantial rig going on here. And then I found out that it was you um singing and playing guitar by yourself with no other guitarist. And I was like, this guy really genuinely cares about the way he sounds like yeah man um i think you had a fender sort of whatever it was rocker verb or something for clean oh yeah i had um and you had a mess of boogie for other stuff and i was like jesus you don't usually get that you usually just get a head yeah. and a guitarist that's like well if it sounds bad it sounds bad by the album and it's like well, that's not really the, the attitude yeah, man, yeah. I, at that time i was running a dual rectifier um yeah a 2001 three channel i think it was and mm. a Fender Tone Master, you know, yeah, and, in, and I could either run them at the same time or individually. So it was um, a really yeah. cool rig. And then, it, then I had a yeah. dual orange rig. I had two orange heads, two rocker yeah. verbs, um, and then I had a Mesa and an orange, um, yeah. which was a really, really cool tone. It was like really old school though. Yeah. Um, but my current rig now, I, I'm, I work with Victory now, you know, as an endorsee and like I've got all my stuff cool. like rigged up in a big fridge and got like a big, you know, gig rig GT channel selecting thing and like it's all MIDI controlled and mm. it's the best, yeah. the best rig I've ever I see, had. Um, I see Victory as a fairly sort of up and coming company. So I think they're kind of perfect for you really because... I, I saw like I kind of uh, lost it a bit when I found out that you got endorsed by Orange, but I just had this feeling in the back of my head that they weren't going to sort of look after you longevity wise. But it's a cool thing to put on your musical CV, obviously. Yeah. You know, you've got Mikey Demas from Skin Dread and you've got like, you know, Stone Sour down. Yeah. All these crazy bands using Orange and it wasn't really built for metal, but you just see all these bands sort of diversify and adapt the, the amps and turn it into something else which is really cool yeah well I, but i kind of felt that that was going to happen really with you well to be honest man you know orange were one of the nicest people i've ever worked with like neil That's mitchell good, yeah. there he looked after me so so good man and yeah he you know he went above and beyond if i needed stuff um like cool. when i got a load of stuff nicked him he he you know orange were great at just loaning me some stuff for a couple of tours um a tour you know and then obviously gave it back at the end of the tour yeah. but the reason I, I left orange was nothing personal it was just more like yeah i just you know it's um all on good terms with them i, I think so highly of that company and the people that work there yeah. they're great but um i just needed something different man you know and um yeah as i was kind of like the thing with like orange and this is not a bad thing it does a thing you know, and yeah. it does an orange thing, and the messes the same. Like it does a thing, and these and like yeah. Fender, they do a thing. You know, and same with Marshall. But Victory yeah. seems to be able to kind of, it kind of be able. It's like able to wear different hats at many different times, and it yeah. it just feels more responsive and different under my fingers. And it's just something that makes me um, really happy when I play it. You know. So, like, yeah. if you listen to the Deadhead record, for example, that is just all orange and messer. Like, it's just, 
you know, left and right, you know, yeah. big stereo rig. And the new album is completely 100% victory, you know, and victory okay. cabs. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like 100% victory through and through. And um, yeah, it's just a phenomenal tone on that record, if I don't say so myself. So, you know. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. That's really cool because um, I think when when you are a free piece and like you say, sometimes you get frustrated with stuff it's important to have gear that you can write with and learn, you know, stuff along the side of other people that are, you know, learning stuff at the same time. Um, so that's really good to hear that you've um, adopted it in such a way that you're sort of learning as you go. Well, I think it. as well, it's the first amp rig that I've had where I'm able to do different sessions for different genres and not change a thing. Yeah. Which is quite cool. a thing, you know, it's, yeah. I don't have to like, the only thing maybe I'd have to adjust is like the gain you know um yeah. but each guitar responds so well you know it's 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 quite th- yeah. it's quite a thing you know um other mm-hmm. stuff that i like is like bogner and sir you know um yeah and yeah. you know like the sir amps are just you know they're, they're quite amazing really it's like something i've never heard before you know same with the victories you know it's just like it's like wow this is just i don't know what it is but it's different you know yeah, every time um, someone says "sir" to me, and then they say "victory," I always think of Govry Govan. Yeah, and um, now I've got to try and uh, resist the urge to not pause this and go and listen to um, the Aristocats, whatever they were called. I never got cool. into him, man. Cool. If I'm honest, I mean the guys are talent, no. but like, I don't know. I just yeah. think it's sometimes it just lacks a bit of soul for me. To me, he struck me as a guitar teacher that got very, very lucky. Um he can play every single mode every single scale um and he kind of just happened to have really good musicians around him that could keep up yeah. if that makes sense um but a lot of it's very very instrumental um a lot of that sort of stuff can go over people's heads um i tend i i used to listen to joe satriani paul gilbert steve Vai, people like that um john petrucci solo stuff um and it would serve a purpose, but I kind of, um, I, I love Joe Satriani. I'll listen to Joe Satriani until the day I die, but sometimes you've just got to listen to some lyrics and you've got to try and relate it to your own personal life. Um, one of my biggest things at the moment and has been for quite a while and has stayed true is Devin Townsend. Yeah, I, I text um, because I he's text always going through these different phases. I text, sorry, him, go on. Man. And yeah, he, he's nice, he is the nicest dude, man. He's such yeah, a fair, lovely yeah. guy, dude. Like, I was expecting this, like, moody fucking asshole, you know, and I was like, oh, man, yeah. you know, some yeah, fucking, yeah. you know, this guy's going to be giving it yeah. the fucking big one. But he was, like, drinking tea, you know, chilling the fuck yeah. out. And I was like, hey, man, I'm your stage manager tech for today. And he's like, oh, man, nice to meet you. I really appreciate what you're doing. And I was like, oh, yeah no worries man anything you need you know i got it and i think he only he asked me for two yeah. things one where the toilets were and can he get more water you know it was just like he was such a yeah. professional man and perfectly reasonable request oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's mad I'd, i if i met him mate honestly i would i'd fanboy and i think i'd actually come off as annoying because he's really helped me get through a lot of really like dark sort of times um and he's done so many different albums and they've all got so many different sort of tones and yeah. moods to them he's just a genius um, dude and you can 
to him and he's just not boring he's always like you're always wondering what is he's going to come up with next sort of thing but it's still him like he's still got that signature sort of falsetto epic sounding choir background female voice um heavy guitars but not always yeah i don't know he just like he strikes me as someone that really doesn't want to put crap out. No, I mean, uh, you know, like he really genuinely cares about what yeah, he's putting I mean, out. Yeah, I think it comes back to like you know you care about how you sound, and I think a lot of bands yeah. that I see just don't care. Like they think they do because they buy all the expensive gear, or mummy and daddy's done that, you know. But yeah, you know. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, like you know, what is the message, and what's the whole point of it all? If you know, it's like all the gear no idea yeah. type of thing and yeah totally you know totally totally get that um i just want to uh talk about rocket dolls one more time um and then i'll uh, let you talk about your bands and what you're up to at the moment um i just want to kind of humanize you a little bit if you will <laughs> <laughs> um a really funny humanizing question in a bit so i'll get back to that but for the rocket dolls i want to know the best gig you've ever played Okay. What, as in terms of like... Like crowd crowd reaction, thinking that it was going to be not great, you know, early in the morning and stuff like that. You're just like, this is going to suck. (laughs) And then you get up and you play an absolute corker and everyone's going absolutely mental. That sort of, you know, kind of like a surprise in a way that it was a good show. Yeah, I um, I think that was probably... Uh, can I give two moments? I think one of them was November last year when we played Hard Rock Hell, and um, there wasn't many people before us. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, everyone's you know, it's just you know, we're just the wrong time, wrong genre band, you know. And we went on, and then the room filled, and they were singing along to songs and stuff, and had a lot of people like your peers that you respect came and watched. So that was always nice when you see other musicians coming in and sticking around for the whole thing that was nice and that was a really nice moment yeah um and probably before that was december 2018 um playing planet rockstock um and yeah again we were playing like really early in the morning and it's like man this is like a classic rock deal and we're like some fucking three-piece grungy twats detuned you know I fucking hope people get it, you know. I hope there's some Alison Chains and Nirvana fans in the crowd, you know. So, and then yeah. like two yeah, notes yeah, yeah. in, like Ben like fucking breaks his drum kit and one of my amps blows, and it was like fucking hell, like what's going on? Not now, you know. And then yeah. by the end of the song, like we had the crowd in our hands, you know, and it was it was a really great moment. I think it's a picture we use a lot, you know, where we sit in front of the crowd. That was cool. Yeah, nice. Uh, so a mirror to that, because um, obviously for every best gig, there's going to be a worst gig. What's the worst gig you've ever played? Uh, once when we played the Ivy Leaf in Sheerness, and we we're trying out this sound engineer f- recommended by someone else, and we we're like, is he not a sound engineer? And they're like, no, he's doing sound, and he's offering to do a free gig just to see how it all worked. And we were playing a headline set, <laughs> And um, it was supposed to be an hour long and we played four songs because the sound was so bad that it made me feel sick. And I was like, yeah, fuck this and just stormed off. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was like, I can't, you know, I'm not going to play yeah. anymore. And, yeah. I was, you know, you know, 
But what's the point? What's the point if it's just going to sound like someone's taking a shit? Yeah, and the thing is, man. <laughs> like, literally, whatever you do is pointless, isn't it? Well, I've been there myself. You know, I know the thing is, it's like, I know, like, it's poor weapon blames as tools. If your bands sound good, it's easy to mix them type of thing. But you know us, man. Mm-hmm. We're not a fucking hard yeah. band to mix, you know? It's um, no. it's it's really no. straightforward stuff, you know, and yes, yeah, if people can't mix yeah. us, they've got no fucking hope, in my opinion, you know. And it's... No, yeah, yeah, you got stuff with like synth in the back and trumpet and stuff, then you are screwed. If you can't do bare metal, guitar coming out of amp, bass coming out of amp, voice coming out yeah. of microphone, you know, <laughs> yeah, the hi hat was feeding you, back. Yeah. It was like he, yeah, it was the most bizarre Jesus. thing. Yeah. It was. It was awful. Like, um, yeah, I think yeah. people remember. They go like, "Oh, yeah, I saw you. It was like one of the worst gigs I've ever been to." And I'm like, "Yeah, same here." You know, like, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> what a way to like, introduce oh, you yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember Hi, Nikki. that was shit. And you're like, "Yeah, cool." Hi, Nikki. I've seen the the worst thirty minutes of your life, and I'd like to. Oh, dude, it was barely even 20 minutes we were on stage. Like, it was like, we had like the moody intro, you know, walked on and I was like, oh yeah, it's just the first song, you know, things always have to iron out. But when it was like the second song, I was like, oh, he's taking his time. Third song, I was like, this is unbearable. Fourth song, I was like, fuck this. (laughs) Yeah. No fair play. It gets to the point though where it's just like, this this is rock bottom, like, nothing can save this moment and i'm actually doing myself a well, disservice people pay don't they people pay money stage yeah you know it would be yeah. better if you just turned everything off put a bit of kick through the the pa and vocals and it would have been fine you know yeah yeah at one point um i thought about doing like mixing and sound engineering and stuff and that what you've just described there is the absolute reason that i wouldn't be yeah. able to do it is you are literally putting yourself out there every single gig, aren't you? Because if the bands sound bad and they can prove that you are the problem, then you are not going to be able to survive. For no, them. and it's it's one of those um, things, man. Yeah. It's like getting really into guitar, it's like, you know, as you know, yeah. you go down that gear path, we just like, oh, this pedal, yeah, or that yeah, guitar, yeah. or these strings and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it's the same thing yeah. with like, like front of house mixes. Like they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I've got this desk because it can do yeah. this and, Oh, I've been putting this compressor yeah, through yeah, here yeah. and it sounds, you know, it's like, fuck, you know, like it's yeah. just, you know, and using different mics for the different, you know, it's. <laughs> if I fart into this microphone, then I can make a foghorn noise. Yeah, mate, but can you actually yeah, yeah, mix yeah, a dude, Can you actually <laughs> mix? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just skip. Yeah. No, I, I can uh, do this though. Great. Okay. So, yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, um, I can see like when I was when I was in Hourglass, I was um, doing gigs at the Wayne Pavilion, um, and I could quite clearly see why some bands were absolutely set on bringing their own mixing people and their own sound engineers and their own desks and yeah. stuff like that. Sometimes it's because they've got a reputation to uphold, really, haven't they? If you're going to see a band like Lower Than Atlantis, you don't want to go to the Weymouth gig and find an in-house sound engineer and like yeah that could really like ruin the whole sort of they won't ever want to come to wait yeah man we played at that place we opened for funeral for a friend there i think yeah yeah you did yeah 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 Yeah, i remember that oh i miss i miss yeah it was good 
it had to go though. People weren't appreciating it, and I think um, one of the problems we had in Weymouth is everyone would go out of their way to go to places like Southampton, Brighton, Bournemouth because there wasn't really a music scene yeah. in Weymouth properly before. So we were kind of upsetting the ecosystem a little bit. Um, I was always saying to people, you know, go to the Weymouth gig and then go to the Southampton gig. Yeah. Do both. And they were like, nah, there's a lot of my mates up in Southampton where I've had to go to gigs in the past and there's never been anything in Weymouth. And I don't know, but I just thought that that was well, a bit of the, a sort of cop-out, really. Get the people like, why wouldn't you want to see one of your favourite? You know? Yeah, that's what we, that's what we um, tried to do. That, that was where the whole cross-pollination thing happened. And then um, Lena wanted to put like Skid Row on in uh, Plymouth and um, places like that. And that did really, really well. Um, you know, obviously we broke out and we got Sepultura down in Weymouth. Yeah, that was pretty insane. Cool. But you've really got to back that you up with something dread, else. Though, didn't you? And when yeah, we had Skin Dread. Um, we had Malifice. We had Rise to Remain. We had In Me, my favourite band. Um, and every day just kind of felt like Christmas, really, with that, because I knew that Lena was booking all these huge bands, and I was like, Jesus Christ, that's uh, Bruce Dickinson's son yeah. in Rise to Remain. And just meeting, they were all genuinely really nice and stuff, and it was really cool. There's a few bands that, you know, I won't go into too much, but they really weren't nice Go on, guys. name one. Um, a lot. Um, Unearth's touring manager was one of the worst people I've ever met in my life. Like, he forced £10 into my hands and said, go get me some Benson and Hedges. And I was just like, what? I was absolutely shocked. I was just like, what did you just say to me? And he's like, yeah, off you go. I was just like, wow, you are, you cannot represent a band if you're going to be that horrible. Like, I can't even imagine what kind of tour they went through if that was their touring manager sort of thing. But um, the uh, drummer on that tour was the drummer of Killswitch oh, right. Engage. And he gave me a bottle of Jägermeister oh, at the end sick. of the kick. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. So these, these things sort of come in waves because I was still learning how to yeah. do like proper sound. Uh, proper gigs, proper, you know, like really nice venues. Like Weymouth Pavilion's a huge venue. And I was so used to putting gigs on at Finns where it's like 100 capacity. Obviously, it's really cool to sell out Finns and stuff, but you, you kind of think, you know, this, this has layers to it. This has levels to it. What can I do next? And Lena, I don't know how we managed to do it, but he, he rubbed up a few people at the Pavilion and they started putting gigs on and he started selling out the Pavilion. Um, but that was quite an interesting time for me. But I don't want to. Well, no, that was round about me. The but... Olympics as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty twelve, yeah. Time. Do not in the middle. I think that was the weekend of. Yeah, because we had to get down there at seven o'clock in the morning for a yeah. fucking three o'clock sound check. Yeah, it was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Logistics, mate, is absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah, I, I've I've harped on about this um, in my previous podcast is no one really appreciates how much hard work fans put in. And when they play to other bands, it's quite disheartening. Like, I remember Desert Rose had um, got a main support slot with you guys. I think it was somewhere called The Face. Christ, that was many years ago, dude. Yeah, and I was absolutely like, oh my God, we're supporting the Rocket Dolls. This is so cool. Um, And we we literally played to Like, Like, I was so, like... I actually felt like I'd been on a peak 
and then I'd just gone like nosed. The, the promoter was awful for that. I, I can't remember something. his name, but um, yeah, something like that. And I remember you pulling me to the side and going, "Mate, this is this is just another Tuesday." Yeah, for yeah. Us. <laughs> It's like, oh, right. So this is normal then. And yeah, I think, to be honest, it sounds to me like your hiatus is pretty well justified, mate. If you want to uh, do some different styles and you want to uh, do things at your own pace, then more power well, to you. Take like, your time. You know, it's like, you know, I'm not getting any younger. You know, I want to, you know, I'm, you know, I've only got like maybe a year yeah. or two left to extend that time of being, you know, of starting a family and, you know, not starting one, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, yeah. and yeah. you know, and I've just, you know, I've just got this new job at, um, BIM London. Yeah. 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 Know, it's, um, yeah. And you know, I've yeah. got to think of like, you know, I don't think my time has been and gone or anything like that, but you know, I'm like, I'm in my mid thirties now and yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to be playing Wembley anytime soon. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I th- it's not that I'm giving up or anything like that. Mm. It's just that, like, I think that thing has no. been and gone. And there's bands that have been around a fraction of the time that we have been around, and they're much popular. And you know, maybe we just weren't cool. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we. Uh, You're definitely cool. Um, I think sometimes, like you say, you've got to have a level of if this doesn't happen by this time. I think a lot of people live life yeah, without deadlines, silly. and things slip, don't they? They just slip not your fault you know someone in the band has a kid that's them out of action for two years basically um things might not be the same when they come back stuff like that um but i i hear the phrase on some of the podcasts that i listen to like delusional yeah. optimism and like manifest the destination and stuff like that but there has to be a point where the wheels fall off and you go actually this really genuinely isn't working and i'm currently running this entire thing at that's- a loss like how much more debt can I accrue? Like I've got to recognize this brick wall in front of me and try and take another approach, really. And it sounds to me like this uh, this lecture of things helped you yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. That. So man. It was an that. opportunity that I've been hunting down for a while. You know, uh, a few years ago, I got a master's degree um, to be able to kind of do yeah. this type of thing. You know, and um i love helping people that you, you know that that's always been like my thing i just i love giving it back if you know what i mean and now that i'm in an opportunity to like kind of teach people you know or no not teach sorry it's the wrong phrase i'll get told off of that it's lecturing you know it's better than teaching <laughs> you know um it's uh you know i get an opportunity to kind of help people not make the mistakes that i've made and you know hopefully people won't what you know have to work too hard you know you know you know what i mean by that you know like overwork for doing nothing and type of thing i don't want people to be doing that because it's a horrible thing i've I've never really had anyone steering me it's all been through you know trial and error and you know and people think oh well it earns your stripes you know yeah but you know as much as you're earning stripes you're still picking up dents and scratches and you know after a while the scars show yeah you know and I think, yeah, you, you know, there's there's an element element of yeah. me where, you know, I've been offered record deals, been offered this deal, been offered that deal, and you know, they've never been quite right. We've had a manager, we've yeah. had like three managers, and you know, a few different deals there and this that, and you know, we've made an EP, three albums. You know, all the best bands make three albums. <laughs> you know, like so, you know, so. Um, uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know. I think um, a lot of it's like, sorry to interrupt, a lot of it's like realism of like, my my Ford Transit van doesn't run exactly. on exposure. It runs on. And if you're not going to give me some fuel money, then I'm sorry, but this isn't worth my time as much as it's not worth your time. Um, I do think promoters, like, not to uh, rant on about this, but I do think some some of them. Really I think ninety percent of promoters are ninety percent of promoters are dealt money. with. Don't actually promote; they just book. Yeah, it's a very different. There's two different things that people need yeah, to be yeah. aware of. You know, people think that. Yeah. Mm. Um. You know, they're a promoter because they have a Facebook group. You know, or they own a venue. It's like, no, they book bands, but promoting them is a different thing. And, it's a shame, Definitely. but you know that's just. It is a shame. Yeah, it's a fun. It's a it's a funny one, man. People. People join. People it for think the wrong they're reasons, gonna fuck chicks, and you know, and. Yeah, they want the clout and they want the fame, but I talk about that in my lecture all the in. time. I was like, if you just removed fame from the ideology yeah. and just worked on making a living, you'd have success with yeah. like far far quicker. Do you know any f- promote like famous King, promoters? Eddie Hearn. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, not music promoters though. Yeah, the zone. Yeah. No, it's weird that you would join the promotion company or the the the, the uh, what's the word, the industry to do that to get famous. Like, I just don't understand that as an excuse, really. Um, I think I feel a lot of people you see like you know. The venue pays the promoter to put a gig on and the promoter say for example gets 300 quid um and then a band goes up to the promoter and says is there any chance we could have 30 quid petrol money and the promoter basically just straight up lies to them <laughs> and i'm just like what like it's 10 percent of what's currently in your pocket mate like what's what's going on and i remember um there's a band uh i want to interview johnny halpin from griever at one point because they've just called it a day which is a real shame because they were pretty decent and um, he came up to a promoter once. I can't remember who it was. I won't blast him or anything like that. I'll talk about it on Johnny's one. But um, he said, the promoter said to Johnny and Griever, you guys really have to earn it if you want to get paid. And I just thought, what does that even mean? Like, do you have to like do a backflip off the stage or do you have to like, I just, I, d- I don't get it. Like you should set stuff like that up. Yeah, the thing the is, night, like, really, the thing is I've you? got a weird opinion on this, right? Is that... The artist in me, the musician in me is like, fuck you, you know, I've put so much hours and stuff, you know, and yeah. I've spent time creating songs and, you know, buying gear so I can sound good and, you know, be when people see me, they go like, oh, this is fucking great, you know, but at the same time, like, promoters, if they're making a loss and the band and them are not pulling numbers, yeah. then no one can get paid you know if no one's coming through the door so i understand sometimes when people are like well i can't pay you because there's not many people here you know it's like well you know you took a gamble on us and we took a gamble on you and it hasn't worked out you know maybe we should just split the money rather than you keep it all but i don't know it's it's a funny old thing now but same thing with the dolls man it's like i'm not gonna lie with you know our, our record went to number 12 in the rock chart which is amazing right you know and i think it broke into yeah that is cool yeah. Uh, number 83 in the album charts you know and 
you know, for us, that is an unbelievable achievement. But it's, you know, our ticket sales were like, okay, on for the tour. And I know, like, our album came out yeah. in the middle of COVID, so that's probably not an accurate representation. But, you know, it's, yeah. I don't know, you can't, there's no point in getting good if you're playing to empty rooms, is there? You know, there, there, is, there is that no. side of things as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's a lot of effort to to do that if no one's going to come to see you, you know. So I think for me at the moment, yeah. I'm concentrating on work life and yeah. concentrating on, you know, yeah. being the being being the best Nicky Smash I, I can be. And and I'm still writing. It's not I'm still, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I've got other I've got outlets to put music out. You know, yeah. it's not hard for me to write songs, record them and release yeah. them. You know, a lot of people, that's the hard bit, you know, yeah. but, you know. I'm in a position where I've got great musicians around me wherever I look and they want to play with me and they want to be a part of anything I do, whether it's gigs or not, you know, because of the quality of what I want to do. And um, that's not a big headed thing, right? It's just like, I, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses yeah. and, you know, I want to kind of put some yeah. things together where I can solidify a future for me. And I know I can put music out anytime, you know, and mm. that's what I'm going to be doing. So, yeah you know i think you um you handle promoters a lot more professionally than me because i was very uh i was very sharp with people i've always been quite sharp with people i've calmed down a lot lately but um i think that i sometimes i think i'm a bit too planned like i'll message the promoter saying you know exactly what gear do we need to bring to the gig um you know are you going to pay us before or after the gig um what time do we need to be at the venue? And I've met other bands in the past that are like, mate, just get there for 5pm. Yeah, don't there worry is about an element anything. of that. And I don't know. Yeah. Some, some of them seem to just be winging it and they seem to be coming out better off because they're not overthinking everything and worrying about it. Well, I think it's scenario. worrying about the right things and mm. not worrying about the wrong things type of thing, you know? So, yeah, I, you know, there yeah. is there's an element of that where it's like, well, yeah. if you're able, if you have your own transport, you know, then just, you know, keep, you know go out on tour turn up at five o'clock every day book a hotel next to the venue and um you know you carry all your gear so either you supply it all or you loan it all or you borrow someone's regardless you you're prepared in any way i think there's an element of that you know but um sometimes some venues are different like when we played when we went on tour of massive wagons like it was you know you got to get to the venue at one o'clock for a two o'clock load in and you know things like that and but your sound check wasn't too late but you had to load in really early you know um yeah and when uh we've done like festival stuff you know you've got to be there like three hours before your loading time you got like check in and then then yeah. you have your loading yeah. time and then you have your you know your stage allocation and then all that's uh, all that lot type of stuff but you know, as a, I suppose as a rule of thumb, it's like, yeah, the yeah. classic four o'clock, five o'clock thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you being in the Rocket Dolls has really sort of helped you in a weird way that it's helped you come full circle. And now that you're obviously lecturing with music, then without the hardships that the Rocket Dolls provided you or did provide you, I'm saying that it's difficult for you now because you're still in the Rocket Dolls and stuff. But I think that's helped you sort of gain a bit of wisdom and a bit of experience because there's nothing worse than someone lecturing. Yeah, I think that's probably why I got the job, you know, because it's like, 
I've been and done it, <laughs> you know, and I've done it for a long time. 12 years is a long yeah. time, you know, you know, people don't even yeah. last that long in relationships for Christ's sake, you know, and I've been in a band for that long, you know, over a decade, you know, so it's, um, there's times of like pure, pure joy and ecstasy. And there's times of just like absolute hell, you know, and yeah, it does, it does make your skin thin, yeah, but course. it does jade you, you know, because like, after you know especially something like covid man you know like and of course no one can prepare for that but when you put everything into your record and spend like twenty thousand pounds on it and yeah it got to number 12 and that's sick and we got to work with like chris sheldon and you know who did like foo fighters and biffy clyro and stuff like that and feeder and slaves to gravity and all that lot you know which is you know an amazing achievement someone who i've looked up to as a kid you know and and now i can call him my friend which is lovely as well you know and which is a really cool thing yeah you know but like again you know if you can't fucking tour it it's all wasted now it's old you know it's like six months old that record which is sad and you know by lunchtime it was old (laughs) you know as as the modern way things are and yeah yeah, we live in a bit of a refresh culture, don't we? Yeah. Where everything's fresh for ten seconds, and then it's uh, what's next, sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think um, what you're doing is right, especially right now, in terms of uh, being able to sort of express your passion. Because at the moment, there's probably a lot of guitarists sat at the edge of their bed, getting a bit sort of stir crazy, going, "When can we get out?" and I don't want to do a socially distanced crowd. I want 200 people going absolutely mental and yeah. trying to rip each other's hair out sort of thing, you know? So, yeah, I think you've kind of I created so. a Yeah, I think it's, um, you know me, I'll never stop working. You know what I mean? Like, if it, I mean, how long have we known each other? No, like, yeah. what, nine years, nine, ten years? You know, and... Um, yeah, nine, ten years. You know me, I've oh, always yeah. worked, haven't I? Like, constantly, like, you know. You know, yeah, I definitely. can't remember. I, you yeah, know, days off aren't really a thing. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's you're it, like a dude. shark. Yeah. You got to keep moving. You know, yeah, never, never stop moving, it's type sick. of thing. You know, and it pays off. You know, like I said, no, that, you know, you knack it all the time, but you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's quite a good sort of analogy for um, something else that I wanted to talk to you about. If that's okay with you, um, it's about sort of you getting fit and. When I first met you, like no offense, <laughs> I'm a bit tubby now. Though it's, it's, it's gone, it's gone full circle again. And are you? But I've got. Is that is that because the gyms are closed, or is that just fuck it? No, well, <laughs> having a twix, like, I don't um, care. <laughs> I've, you know, I can't get to the gym, of course. You know, um, and okay. yeah, you know me. I'm not like an alcohol guy. I never really drink or anything, but. Um, no. Yeah, I just had a bit of a stressful year, man, and I've kind of gorged a bit of food and that, and yeah. you know, not being able to tour and not being able to kind of get to the gym, I've, I'm fat again, you know, yeah. and I'm I'm okay with that, you know, like yeah. I'm, you know, I'm sorting it out, you know, as soon as I get my paycheck next week, I'm joining the gym again, and you know, and and having a personal yeah, yeah, yeah. trainer and stuff, so that's great, you know, but I'm. I I know yeah, what to do be. now. You know, yeah, it's not a case help. of getting upset about it. It's because I know as soon as I'm like in for a penny, in for a pound. So, <laughs> you know, like if I get cracking yeah, on it, yeah, it won't yeah. take me long to get sexy again. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, are you still yeah, man. vegan? Are you yeah. still doing all um, that sort of stuff? Because I remember I messaged you a couple of years ago saying, "Is it? Is it all it's cracked up to be? Like, are you are you hungry all the time? Because you you hear these things, don't you? And you're kind of like, like people are always talk about keto and stuff. And I'm like, there's got to I've be read a lot about the keto. There's, there's no so way that you can eat five thousand calories a day. Yeah, there's a thing called keto flu, and it really knocks you for six, like three weeks into your diet, and it basically makes you like super what's the word like it's because keto is such a heavy detox and your body has to sort of catch up um and it just kicks your ass and i think if you can get through that then you'll be all right but a lot of people go what the hell is this like they end up going to like yeah. me thinking they're gonna die <laughs> so uh but yeah yeah i think um if you've managed to do veganism and stuff well like i actually that, started eating lot, meat at the beginning of this year again um, I think it was probably because I was in a really bad okay. place mentally and I've always used food as like a punishment, like okay. a eating disorder type of thing, like um, yeah. comfort eight or, you know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. If, you know, I'd eat to be ill, you know, type of thing. And that, that that's crept back yeah. in this year. Um, yeah. Although now that I'm like a lot happier in life, well, happiest I've ever been actually, um, I'm able to recognize those signs and, you know, yeah. take the help I need and slowly turn that around, which is what I'm doing, like how I just said a minute ago. But, um, yeah, I meet it again as almost like a punishment to myself, I think. You know, um, knowing full well that also that. as well, meat makes me really ill. You know, I found out I've got like a weird intolerance to some of it. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me horrifically ill, you know. So, um doing that it's like it's like self-harm i suppose to the way a way that's what a therapist said you know so it's it's some form of that and um yeah. yeah so it's only recently that um actually only recently very recently that i've actually gone back to it and really enjoyed it and realized what i was doing was wrong for me you know i'm not like a preacher for it you know it's like it works for some people yeah. works it doesn't work for others you know um it's not like i don't i mean I like the taste of meat. It's yeah. lovely, but I don't agree with how it's get, it gets put on my plate and, you know, the things that animals go through to, for it to, yeah. for me to taste something nice just doesn't seem the juice is not worth the squeeze to me, you know? So, and, and like, I think they say like a 85% like plant-based diet is, is like the healthiest thing you can do anyway. So it's, you know, and I take supplements and stuff and, I'm fine. I'm, you know, my weight is just starting to level off and going to be losing it again. And yeah, it's good. You know, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a preacher for it, That's you know. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to uh, quickly end because um, I'm coming up to a one hour and two minutes, which is uh, apparently Anchor's way of saying, get off the podcast. Right. So I'm just going to quickly re-add you if that's okay. Cool. Okay, dude. Um, I might not be able to Welcome back. Sorry about that. It doesn't get any more professional than this, does it really? No, mate. It's all good. It's all good and good. I had an interview or podcast last week with John uh, Belfield, who used to be in Sanctuary. And um, oh, sick. that me in the ass last week because uh, I forgot about that. So uh, we talked for like 14 minutes and I realised that I wasn't actually recording. Oh, for fuck's sake. So, yeah, I didn't, didn't want that with you. <laughs> <laughs>
so yeah um that's pretty much uh summed up the whole sort of veganism diet thing i suppose so we'll, we'll move on to something else if that's all right with you yeah of course mate yeah um what podcasts are you listening to what bands are we listening to what sort of uh, songs are we enjoying at the moment obviously you've mentioned a few already but that was just a sort of question i wrote down um uh really into anything brendan yuri panic at the disco does at the moment. Yeah, yeah. um um listening a lot to brothers osborne country band um they're great um bring me the horizon listen to a lot of that and um what else am i listening to really Alison Chains, of course, always do. Soundgarden, always. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, um, do you know what? I've been listening to like a bit of Foxy Brown. You know, my missus got me. She was like proper rude girl, so she got me into like some like really nasty, went you know like spitting bars like "What's up, man?" You know, like uh, <laughs> yeah. rap and Foxy Brown took my ear and. You know, it's like it's like spitting nasty bars, man. You know, yeah. but um, maybe that's that South London thing creeping into me. But <laughs> you, know, yeah. but, you know, you You'll get me, you, you know. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of like, yeah, I suppose a lot of like hip hop and stuff. Really, like, not really listening to too much rock, rock. You know, I think uh, I'm yeah. trying to listen to a lot more pop and things like that because. Uh, I can write riffs for days, you know, but like if, you know, like not all rock is that melodic. So you are what you eat, I think. So if you listen to a lot of one genre, you just become that, you know. So I try to listen to everything but the stuff I write. Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Um, Podcasts, what are we talking? Joe Rogan. Nice. um, uh, Gossip Mongers. Yeah. uh, Love Gossip Mongers. what else? Um, I think that's it, really. Dude. Sometimes Whit- Whitney. Yeah. I can't remember her second name. Um, she's a bit annoying, but um, um, okay. like she gets some decent guests on. You know, and Chris Schiff. Whitney Houston. No, 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 no. She, she's she's dead, yo. No? <laughs> uh, <laughs> She hasn't uploaded in ages. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, dude, she died years ago, man. It's yeah, a that. tragic story. You should check it out, man. That's a terrible that's story. Well, that's my podcast demonetized then. <laughs> uh, made three episodes. <laughs> um, yeah, do you know what? I suppose that's it, man. Yeah. Um, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good question, man. Yeah, I suppose it's just Joe Rogan and the Gossip Mongers really is like well, the main thing I'm listening to. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah, I think Joe Rogan's a bit of a staple. He's one of the reasons that I started doing Yeah, this. I think he just gets anyone in. He just he can chat to anyone about anything. And it's just he's got this just this burning curiosity. And you can tell that he's not bored of what he's doing. And he seems to do it every single day. And it's just like. If he wasn't as interested as he was, he would have been burnt out by now and gone. I really, genuinely don't want to do this anymore because he doesn't even have yeah, to I do know, it that's anymore. Thing, like he's just minted now, you know. And plus, he does UFC yeah. and stuff. So, and he's a comedian yeah. as well. It's just like if if this, you know, if that was podcasting was the weakest thing on his repertoire, then he would have just yeah, killed exactly. it by now. He would have gone up. Oh, I don't yeah. need that anymore. 
but yeah, he, he's a he's a bit of a unique yeah, soul, fun. isn't he? But I, I really like him. I'd I'd love to uh, meet him at some point. I don't know how that would happen, but there we go. But yeah, that's cool. Um, so the humanizing question that I spoke yeah. about earlier um, is: What is your favorite meal deal? And now that I know you're not vegan, I know that this is going to be a balls to the wall type response. So shoot. Um, bottle of Coca-Cola, full fat, of course. Um, probably some, yeah. I think it's plant, plant Kitchen or Wicked Kitchen from Tesco's or M&S. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and probably Salt and Finger Crisps. Yeah. What's the um? What's the plant kitchen? Is that like a wrap sandwich, or sandwich man? Or... You know, or, or or something, but it's just okay. a vegan thing, like um, like spicy, yeah, paprika mm. shit. I don't know, some something, okay. <laughs> something made nice. of mushrooms. Where they say it's like the same as like a chicken yeah. tikka masala or something in a bap, but it's just mushrooms with sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I always um. I always think about getting like a vegan wrap or like something out of the ordinary for me because I'm a bacon, chicken and lettuce sandwich. Yeah, guy. I used to be a BLT. And it would take quite a lot for me to, it would take a lot for me to deviate from that. But I really genuinely don't want to deviate from something that I can't eat. Like if I buy one of those wraps and it's awful, then I just, I can't even like imagine well, why doing you, that. You're going to have to take gas, so, um, I think. Maybe yeah. not have the salt and vinegar crisps and just buy two right. sandwiches. Because if one's yeah. if one's shit, then oh, you've got the backup. But if if it is yeah. good, then later on you've got extra much. Yeah. Mm. Always thinking That's ahead, true. man. I like the way you, I like the way you think. I'll just buy like twenty meal deals, all completely random stuff, and I'll just uh, make some sort of YouTube video of like a mukbang or whatever they're called. Yeah, do that, and uh, we'll, mi- we'll mix and match it. And if it doesn't go right, then I'll move on to the totally. next thing. I-, I love that everyone um, says Tesco's as well because that- that's my. I'm, not te- I'm actually a Sainsbury's guy. Yeah. Sainsbury's yeah. guy. Okay. Sainsbury's is my favourite. Oh. How-, how the other half live, eh? <laughs> well, I think Sainsbury's is the best one, and I, and then joint second yeah. is yeah. Tesco's and Marks and Spencers. As the as there's a definite third, and then Morrison's is fucking shit. Yeah, Asda don't even do one. Asda don't even do one. I'm absolutely Charles shocked. Uh, Morrison's is good, but the one in Weymouth, um, the meal deals and stuff are on the way out of the shop, so I forget that they even do them. Because it's usually one of the first That's things you see, isn't it? It's it? one of the first aisles you go in. It is. I don't get it. I might have to have a word. I'd then. send a really angry tweet. A really angry tweet, yeah. Brilliant. Um, last question I've got for you, Nikki, and this has got absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it's just a bit of a debate in the house at the moment. Does chocolate go yes. in the fridge? Give it to me straight. It always nice, goes nice. in the fridge. Chocolate that doesn't go in the I fridge agree. is stupid. Becomes yeah. too warm and ta- and the flavour changes. I do, find that, I do find that it sticks quite a lot to the wrapper though. That's my only. Uh, if it's like a chocolate bar, then um, yeah, I I think that's you know my only gripe of it. It's it's still it's, it's better. How do you, you get around? Leave it? it in the kitchen to adjust to room temperature and then put it in the fridge. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. I'll write that down. Last one. Always helping me. Okay. There's nothing you're not. 
That's it. Cool. Is um there anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to mention? Um, what have we not talked about with you? Um, shoot. What it. was the what was the best Rocket Dolls gig you came to? Yeah. So, okay. Um, do you remember? I loved you at funeral for a friend because I feel that you are kind of that big stage, big sound band. Sorry, you were going to ask me I was a question. Say, what you going was to say? there one in particular that like did it for you? You know what I mean? I um I interviewed yeah, Teddy Rocks, yeah. and I thought that that might be the set that really sort of got you firmly into the Dorset sort of vein of work. Um, obviously playing Finns is great, but um. I felt that that could have been your opportunity to sort of get a little bit more established with other places yeah. in Dorset. Um, but you played quite early, didn't you? And, you know, I think your second album had just dropped and it was a really, really, really good set. And I really, really wish that there was more people there because I think you're quite an easy band to listen to. You're quite sort of yeah. commercially viable. You're not very politically driven. You don't sort of split oh, the crowd in half in that shit. straight away. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> um, was, oh god there's so many like I've seen you so many times um, there's been some gigs where um, I've just like gone to get a drink and it's on like the other side of the stage sort of thing and it just feels like I'm listening to like a jukebox um, and like there's never like a mistake with you guys playing and you're all very very consistent you know Ben hits the drums like really really hard and Joe is a decent bassist and I, I can respect that um and i like the fact that you do like all three of you do vocals yeah. at times and stuff like that um once again i'm skirting around a question because that's the kind of person mm. i am um think most most of your headline shows at fins really because you like you get the people up on the stage and stuff and people just go mental for you in ways yeah well they used to i mean we haven't been down there obviously in a while and um you know, yeah. I don't really. I mean, could 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 I yeah. do a solo thing down there? I don't know. I'm sure we could sort it out. Yeah, I'll see what I can do. Uh, I just don't know when any of this is going to go back to normal. I can't see anyone touring until summer next year. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah, September next year seems to be the the thing that everyone's sort of yeah. hedging on. Um. Yeah, hopefully COVID can uh, start coming down a bit again because we got really good at it at one point and then it started spiking in Liverpool and now we're back into sort of on the brink of lockdown and stuff like that again and stuff's going into tier three and, yeah, dude, and stuff like it's that. It's pretty bad. Um, what else? What else? Uh, what other gigs have I seen you at? I think I saw you at a bat- Battle of the Bands once. It might have been Champions in Bournemouth. It wasn't about the bands, but we did play there, yeah. No. I like that, that venue. venue. That was a decent venue. I remember uh, Desert Rose played there once, and um, apparently one of the tumble dryers downstairs caught fire, so we had to leave. <laughs> and then, like fifteen minutes later, we were all out back in, and the rooms were smoking. I was like, "This is not. Yeah. This is not right. <laughs> this is like the Wild West." But that was good. It was a good gig. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. There's uh, like, let me put it this way: there's not been a gig that I've Thanks, seen man. you play badly. Um, that's okay. Like, you tour quite a lot as well, so like, it's hard to sort of sustain your voice, isn't it? And it's hard to sort of pace yourself. Yeah. I so, um, I think you've got that down, which is good. You're not like a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Oh my god, this is my first tour ever. I'm going to give it everything I've got every single show because. You're only going to play free shows. The thing is, fair. I think you have to make eighty percent as good as the, you know, the majority of a hundred percent, and make, you know, and be able to perform at that eight percent all the time. Yeah. You know, but you've got to make sure yeah. that your eight percent is like sick. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, one more thing that I wanted to mention. Um, obviously, you mentioned your album. You've not really mentioned it. Um, enough really so what's the album called? it's called The Art of the Disconnect it came out of it came out this year 2020 on May the 1st um, you can check it yeah on all the usual streaming sites and what have you and, or if you want to buy a physical copy yeah. you can go in HMV or um, cool. or just buy it from our merch store because then we'll actually get the money for it yeah um, you know, so yeah. yeah, do it that way. You know, please check it out. We put everything into it. It's, you know, it's it's not a heavy record. You know, the heavy songs are heavy, but it's predominantly just a, a fairly light record. Actually, it's just really melodic and it's it tells a story. Yeah, you know, and it, you know, all each song is put in in a specific order, so you kind of take a roller coaster with it. And little cool things like the very last note of the um album is also the very first note of the album so if you play it back to back it um continuously plays <laughs> yeah just little oh, cool things cool. like that you know yeah god you're such a audio yeah a bit, file, man, a bit. i just love it i just <laughs> it's just i like those little details words. you man you know and uh they're yeah, cool yeah 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 definitely what um what track are you gonna say is worth checking out if uh, people haven't got time to check out the full album? Oh, dude, um, I really uh-huh. like who I've become. Or, um, fuck, or um, the grip, or art of disconnect, or enthusiasm yep. fumes, or um, yeah, that's a tune. Um, I can't remember the fucking third song on our record, what it's called. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember how to play it in my head, and I'm like, uh, it comes at a price, it comes at a price. That's it. <laughs> that's a great one. Oh, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's, that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll um, if you send me a, a message in a couple of days, then I'll um, I'll add all the links and stuff to the uh, description of this that's podcast, it. which is yeah. anchor. Um, and I think now Anchor, I'm at a stage where I can distribute this podcast when I stop recording it. It will go to Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, thank God, Google Podcasts. Um, That's and great. It will man. stay on Anchor. Nice. So hopefully the description will flow through and we'll, uh, we'll get you some. Yeah, money. well, you know, it's, it's not <laughs> even about the money. I just want people to come to the shows and just people. No. You know, everyone come follow me on social yeah. media. Just I'm at Nikki Smash on every yeah. platform. So, you know, just do so and come hang out. Yeah. 
and get me some money as well so I can buy all these meal deals because I'm not yeah well maybe you can get a meal deal endorsement dude oh mate every time that would be sick I'd actually do podcasts every day if that was the case Tesco's three quid isn't it what's going on I get emails from the uh, CEO saying uh, we're currently washing our hands more so I might reply to him going look mate you know me I know you let's 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 cut a deal with the meal Look at that. That's how you do it. Let's cut a deal with a man, mate. <laughs> oh, God. Brilliant. As always, Ben. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Nicky. Nice one. I'm uh, going to try and get Ben oh, on the wicked, podcast. Man. Wicked, as well. yeah. Yeah, do it. Do Go it. for the lot. Yeah, likewise, Nice man. one. I appreciate your time. And we'll uh, try and get this out tomorrow afternoon yeah, for you. And I'll let you know. You and take it's it easy, right. man. And huge love to the family. Nice one. Yeah. Cheers for checking us out, guys. Absolute Bedlam podcast. We'll uh, absolutely get another one done next week. Thanks for tuning in. Huge love. Yeah. Nice one.